that I even registered the domain name, uh, theballboys.com, which in hindsight <laughs> probably would have been a pretty bad business idea, or at least a bad business name. <laughs> Start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and today I am probably the most happy I've ever been in my life that I don't have a morning commute. <laughs> wow. I am Jason. We're the co-founders of the community Location Indie, all about the freedom the travel, the location independence, and the stellar lifestyle that goes with it. And you can learn more at locationindie.com. Trav, uh, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'm not sure. I, I got to say, you look very relaxed, though, because you just came back from Southern California, dude. You were like, you have like a California vibe, like a California glow. You've got like a little bit of a tan on your beard starting to look like uh, it's edging on the, on, on like a sort of, maybe you were standing on the corner collecting well, money, as, you know, as I called of, it in the, yeah. in the EPOP podcast I just did, I said, I'm surprised Heather's letting it get to homeless man levels. It's uh, um, well, it's uh, yeah, it's getting to Tom Hanks castaway level. And I personally, I dig it, man. I, I I'm digging it. And with the tan, you really look like you truly look like an authentic Southern California beach bum. Um, I want to talk about your trip, but uh, what what are you talking about, man? Sitting in traffic? Right. Was there some mad yeah. traffic coming in, or what? Yeah. So so here's the deal. I you're right. I feel pretty mellow. I feel pretty relaxed. Had a great week in Southern California. First time I ever visited Southern California. Did a day in L.A. Did six days in San Diego. We can get all into all that. Shout out to all the awesome people that came out to location in the meetup and and all that. That was great. But. What quickly made me realize that I was no longer in Southern California, and I was actually kind of proud of myself for staying as calm, was we got in there, we took a red eye, we got in the airport at 6.45 a.m., okay? Fine. Didn't sleep. You know, it was a four and a half hour flight, probably slept like three of those hours. Yeah. Yeah. So flew from San Diego direct to Philly on a red eye, got into Philly, you know, slept like three out of those four and a half hours. It's on a plane. It's not great sleep or anything like that, but whatever. Got to the ho- uh, the place we parked our car, got the car, get on the road, and we're like, all right, well, it's like 7.15 or 7 o'clock. We're probably going to hit some traffic, but we're, we might miss it, you know? And it was actually a really nice day in Philly here. I get home and it's 75 and sunny. So I, I everything was like great. Literally, the sun was shining and things were great. And then we get on the highway and we're just, you know, you're sitting in traffic, sitting in traffic, sitting in traffic. You don't know why. There's no accident, nothing like that. Kind of start going, sitting in traffic, sitting... So it was this like stop and go traffic for a long, long time, which wasn't the end of the world. But I just remember thinking, man, it's only seven and there's already all this traffic. That, that's crazy. I'm never out and about at seven. And if I am, it's it's like walking around my town, certainly not getting in my car and going places usually. Then I go to merge on to this kind of last like half hour of our trip. And I, I'm just trying to get over like everyone else. You know, I, I didn't try to cut in front of everyone and then be the last guy to merge over. One highway went into another. So I, I was on the highway and I was trying to get over. So I'm waiting my turn. And then, you know, I try to edge in and this lady's like freaking out, Jay, like 
literally, yo, she's not letting me in. This was like three cars had not let me in. So it was my turn. She's not letting me in. And I'm like, okay, fine. So like I let her go, but she's freaking out. She gives me the finger. I'm like, all right. I really didn't do anything <laughs> here. Like, Welcome I, back to Philly. This ain't ex- Southern California anymore. <laughs> exactly. She gives me the finger. I'm like, all right. Heather's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's Heather actually used this funny San Diego quote. She was like, when she, she said, stay classy, lady, or something like that, you know, off of Anchorman. <laughs> I don't even know if she made that connection. But then I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm just going to wave to this lady. Like, so I just smiling and waving like, okay. Like, I see you give me the finger. I wasn't even trying to be a jerk it was more like all right hi i'm not mad at you fine i'm now behind you in traffic for the next half hour so this is weird and then she starts doing another motion that's meant to simulate uh, a vulgar act that that a male might engage in and i'm like whoa and this lady's just freaking out flipping me off doing all these hand gestures yelling and screaming like inside her car as if i could hear what she was saying and uh, i just I literally just kept waving and smiling and thinking, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. And I cannot believe that people have to do this every day because then I'm I'm almost home. I'm like 20 minutes away. Cars are like zipping in and out and around each other all to get down to one lane. So everyone's trying to push and go. And I said that, I'm like, I feel like an old man. Like, like that I'm scared to be out here in this traffic because people are legitimately driving crazy. And <laughs> I just sat there and thought, I, I'm really, I cannot believe that people have to deal with this. So I don't know if it's a Philly thing. I don't know if it's an East Coast thing. I don't know if it's a morning commute thing. I don't know if it's a big city thing. I, I'm not sure what of those factors or if it's always like that or it's just more crazy this time. But um, I want to know, like, if people do have a morning commute, tweet me at Pack of Peanuts and tweet Jay at Zero to Travel. I don't let us know. Is is it is it like a crazy morning commute where you're at and, and kind of what's your situation? Because I thought, wow, I never get out during this type of environment, right? This 7 a.m. Like, I don't even know how someone could be up enough to be that angry at 7 a.m. Um, well, um, I mean, you did a good job fueling the fire because I think nothing can make an angry person more angry than being nice to them at the moment they're angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like... I, <laughs> I don't know. You... Isn't that ironic in some way? Uh, it, it's it's kind of funny, but, um, you know, I, I mean, we can say now, maybe, maybe we just stop talking about the travel and everything. Just forget the location independence thing because the travel and the freedom, I mean it's worth pursuing just so you don't have to sit in traffic or wake up to an alarm clock, right? <laughs> that, I mean, we, we talk, we, you know, it's called location indie. We talk about location independence, but the two other big, big, big parts of it that you've probably heard us talk about if, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time is financial freedom, which is great. You're not relying on someone else for a paycheck. Uh, you know, there's not really a ceiling. I, I was talking to another person about this and why he left his job and all because there was a ceiling. So yeah, that financial freedom eventually, and that doesn't come quickly usually, but it is a part of it. And the other one is you have this time freedom. And l- luckily, I don't usually go out and sit out in traffic because I, I don't have to go anywhere, right? Because I can go to my office. And I also, if I do have to go out somewhere, I could go do it in the middle of the day, usually, and things like that. So you can't um, put a price on the uh, on the time freedom. That's for sure. You know, it. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, every time I get stuck somehow in traffic uh, during uh, like a morning commute type of situation, because there's, you know, I try to avoid it like the plague. Uh, I mean, I don't have a car here in Oslo, but I, I see people in it when I'm walking back through the city. And when I was back in Colorado, I mean. If I ended up on the road at the same time, 
everybody else was just by chance, whether I was like leaving something at a certain time, it just happened to work out that way. I was always a, I was mad at myself because it happened that way. And B after about like 15 minutes, I would just, I, I would start. Yeah. Like feel the, you know, you feel the, the blood pressure rising a little bit. You start being like, Oh man, this, I, I and, and I always say to myself, like, I, I can't, I like, I'm so glad I never did this. Like I have sat in traffic plenty of times and like even doing the event touring and all the jobs I used to do, the travel jobs, like, yeah, I mean, you end up on the road during things, but it wasn't like every day I would commute to these, the same place and sit in traffic when, when it would take 10 minutes, but it really takes two hours because everybody's going at the same time. Like it's, it is kind of madness when you think about it. it. It is madness. And if I hadn't spent the last six days like on the beaches and beautiful weather of Southern California, I probably would have been really mad at this lady. Maybe even like flicked her off myself, which I wouldn't have been proud about. But, you know, I would have been that. But this time it was kind of a cool dichotomy. Coming back, being Dude, mellow. Dude, have- yeah, Southern California, I, and I, man. And just like, hey, man, I'm just laid back over here, you know, just- cruising down the highway. What's what's going on, lady? Sorry, I'm not feeling your vibe right now. I'm not feeling your vibe right that, now. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. And um, yeah. and my goal, obviously, and, and our goal, Jay, I think, with Location Indie and the podcast and all, is, is to help as many people, everyone listening, to never have to have a morning commute again. And yeah, I mean, it's, it it's, I mean, I don't think it's no knock. We're not saying uh, it's no knock. And if you have a morning commute, I mean, it's, no, it's, um, it's, it's part it's of the whole thing. situation. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're on your commute, rock on because you're, you're taking advantage of your windshield time. I used to do this when I did uh, outside sales and they would drag us into the office for these uh, meetings every now and again, if it was during the morning commute time. Um, you know, I always had like some podcast or some kind of thing going that was taking advantage of, of the time. And, and I think it's something we're talking about today is like kind of bring, getting your brain going a little bit into the location independent um, direction. I don't know. You, you got something here. I'm not quite sure where we're going with this, but we're going to find well, out. Here's the thing. If you're someone who does have a morning commute, yeah, we're not bashing you at all. I mean, we both have done it. We're just saying... You know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about this lifestyle. And so we want to help as many people get there as possible. As you mentioned, Jay, I think a good way to kind of say it is, is that I want people to start priming the pump for their location independent lifestyle. And so we talk a lot about why we do not recommend that people leave their job right away and start trying to make a go of it. You know, 95% of people we tell them, you know, when we hear their specific situation, okay. If you can stomach it, don't quit your job right now, work on something else, work on a side hustle, get this, get it going so that you're not like stressing out about also the financial part because the the job that you have now hopefully fulfills that side of it. So we talk a lot about that and about the side hustle, but what I want to talk today about is a little more of the mental side of getting ready for a location independent lifestyle. So not talking logistical things of, oh, yeah, okay, start working, start doing a side hustle for 10 hours on the side and start making money and build up to a certain amount. We talk a lot about that. That's you know one way to do it. But what kind of came about is I've been speaking to people who joined location in the last couple of weeks and doing these welcome calls. And what's, and what's been really neat is I've, I've seen a different subset emerge than maybe I was aware of before, which is always really neat. Because we have people coming from all backgrounds, all ages, all industries, all income levels. And what I saw emerge was this was this new group of people. And uh, what they were were people who have a, 
a job that they don't dislike at all. And I'll give you a few examples. So I, I was talking to Chantel, one of our newest members, and she runs a medical um, company in Florida. And so she's always in the car driving around. She has to go out to hospitals and check the medical equipment and certify them and things like that. And um, and the company does very, very well. And she actually said, I, th- I think they were going to become a million dollar company. They were a million dollar company last year. So very successful, does great as an entrepreneur, but it's very location dependent. She is in her car a lot doing exactly what we said we wouldn't want to do, right? The commute and going to these hospitals. So it's location dependent, but she likes it. And it's it's flexible in some ways, and she is her own boss, and there's a few other people in the company and things like that. But she doesn't have the location independent part. I chatted with with another lady who was awesome, Paige from Boulder, Colorado, and she's a landscape designer. So she again has her own company, does very well, lo- likes what she does, like likes the idea of of designing the landscapes, has worked, you know, and and made a really good name for herself out there, and has clients who love her and stuff like that. But again, typically, Jay, what it looks like is she goes out to a client's home when she gets a call. She surveys what their their property looks like, you know, draws stuff up, meets with them face to face. So again, likes what she does, doesn't want to leave right now, but wants eventually to be a location independent. And then the third case study that I just talked with a guy in San Diego, a really good guy who showed me all around, Neil, who's a real estate agent. Loves San Diego, same thing, works for himself, does well, people like him, he loves his clients, he, he loves the whole real estate thing, but again, he's kind of hemmed into San Diego. So all three of these people like their job, they've been successful what they've done, they've worked hard to build it up, but there's that piece of location independence, like total location independence, that is missing. And it was a cool to kind of chat with each one of them and tell the other person each other's stories. Because they're all doing very different industries, but they're all at the same point where they don't have to leave right now. They don't have to quit their job. They don't want to quit their job. But they're looking into the future and saying, in two years, in three years, in four years, this is where I want to be. And I think that's really powerful that they are actually priming the pump and saying, all right, I'm going to get ahead of this. Like, I'm not going to work on a side hustle, but I'm going to look at how I can meld what I'm doing now in a couple years to be able to make some sort of transition, even if I don't know what the transition looks like. And I think that anyone listening can do a similar type of thing, whether you own your own business and it's location dependent business, like the three people I mentioned, or whether you're working for a company, but kind of setting the feelers out in your mind, opening your mind up to this idea that you can be location dependent. You might not know what it's going to look like, but you want to start looking at opportunities and looking at your world and seeing it through a little bit different of a prism. Yeah, I I definitely have spoken with a lot of people that have that that problem, so to speak. I, mean, I wouldn't say it's a problem that you have a job that you like and you're making a good living and things are going well. It, there's just the location independence piece that's missing. So how do you add that? It well it seems like such a big piece. I mean, I've talked about it before on the podcast with with you know my background and events and that being very location dependent. And I, I mean, just some practical advice to open up your mind right off of the bat that I would say is, you know, yes, I mean, I think about um, Neil being a real estate agent in in San Diego. I mean, you know, he's a real estate agent in San Diego. So how can that be location independent? Um, what I would suggest if you're somebody who is location dependent, you like your job and you want to get the wheels turning, I'm going to, I'm going to go with some car metaphors here since we started in traffic and then you started, I don't know, it was the whole car thing, you know, that's why you're on this podcast for the metaphors uh, and puns, my friend, just for the puns. Yeah. That we're going to get the motor running here. And, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. Puns intended all the way, 100%. Um, is starting to maybe pay attention to some of the associated services online that you use on a daily basis. Because let's face it, when you are doing any type of job in this day and age, um, what are you doing oftentimes? You're going online to do research. You're going online because someone has a software product that you use that's part of what your company uses to punch orders or whatever. Like, you know, we're, we're all connected in some way, even with location dependent jobs, whether it's, um, again, like software services or just particular websites like in real estate might be the ML. I'm not saying, you know, Neil's going to go create like a new MLS listing site for San Diego or whatever. But the point is, you you realize, uh, you start to realize, wow, there's like a lot of stuff I use that's online and I'm online all the time for different things. And, you know, maybe there's something there and that's at least one practical exercise that can get you started in, in getting getting things getting the wheels greased up. Also, that's a good one. You can look at, there are certain things of if you are using software or or online services that maybe aren't that good, maybe there's an opportunity. And again, we're not saying you're going to go up and be a software king, but you know, everyone knows those things where they're using their business. Like, I wish this did this, or I wish I had this capability and it doesn't exist. So maybe there's a way that, that you end up building it or you, or you end up putting in a service or something like that that fills that gap. So you can also think of it that way of stuff that you wish worked a certain way and it doesn't. Okay, how can you start filling that gap? Or you wish existed. I mean, that, that's how I sort of started my first online business w- with the event, um, the eBay for the uh, pr- like unique promotional vehicles. It was... Um, I was like, why isn't this a thing? It, this should be a thing. And it, and it really wasn't. So, you know, there's these holes in the market. Here's here's the big myth. I was listening to um, a podcast pretty recently. Uh, I think it was it was some kind of podcast by NPR where, the, where they interview the founders of these big companies. Um, I, I, I'll try to look up the name of it next time <laughs> Travis takes the mic. But um, he was interviewing somebody that ran a big company and one of the big lessons he learned that um that I learned that seems obvious um but I've I've come to realize over the years and I realized this through doing business development as a consultant and and you know through our interactions with different people is that people have this perception that like companies are like certain companies are run perfectly or or maybe a lot most companies are run perfectly and that's just not the case most companies are just figuring it out as they go. And like, there are a lot of issues with every company, you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be, it's, it's very few companies that are elite. So, I mean, when, what I'm saying is, you know, the perception that maybe some of the services or the things that you're using right now, um, the idea that they're good, they, they, they may not be as good as, as you think they are. And, and there's a good chance that you could do better if you know the market and you're more driven. And I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity all around is my point. So I would say don't gloss over some bigger ideas just because you think, oh, somebody's already doing them. I couldn't do them better. It's just simply not necessarily true. Yeah, it's, there's this kind of nurture versus nature debate in entrepreneurship too. And if there isn't, then I'm going to start it because I don't know which side of the, uh, the fence I fall on, but it, I probably fall in the middle, just like nature versus nurture for why we are a certain way, right? Um, it, it's probably some of both. 
And so I remember when I was growing up, I never considered myself an entrepreneur. You know, my dad owned his own company, but it was a family company. It was a construction company. So my parents weren't these entrepreneurs going out and starting these businesses and inventing things or anything crazy. I didn't know anyone who really ran their own business, you know, at least as a kid, you know, you think the only people running their own business are like people who are inventors, right? Like he invented Velcro, right? I didn't know anyone who did anything like that, in the, which what I would have considered an entrepreneur at that point. So, and I remember thinking, well, uh, you know, my mindset shifted 180 degrees, as a lot of people's probably did, when they read the four-hour work week. And so, obviously, Tim Ferriss is huge now, and that and that kind of put him on the map, the, the book, The Four-Hour Work Week. But I think the reason it put him on the map is that he took this idea of of life and how and and kind of really simply portrayed as like there is more out there and he was very honest in that you don't have to be a genius you don't have to know this you don't have to have gone to these schools to now he did go to Princeton but you know you don't have to have gone to these schools to make it work and I remember sitting at my house after reading that and all of a sudden everything I started looking at became an opportunity. And it was a little overwhelming at first, actually. I remember my buddies and I wanted to start a company that sold sporting equipment to schools. I don't know why. I just like sports. And I thought, I don't know, maybe I can get them better prices on tennis balls and footballs. You know, I even even registered the domain name, uh, theballboys.com, which in hindsight, (laughs) uh, maybe not the best. This is when you could get a lot of different domains and not every .com was taken. Uh, so yeah, in a hindsight, probably would have been a pretty bad business idea, or at least a bad business name. Um, so <laughs> you just have this idea, though, that my mind was like all of a sudden constantly shifting, and and I started looking at all these opportunities that I had never ever envisioned before. Some of them, as Jason is cracking up the name, some of them better than others. So what I urge people to do, whether you are someone who's like a Neil Page and Chantel's position, right? Whether you're someone who, like them, has a business and is looking for opportunities to try to bring it online from being offline, or whether you're someone who works for a company, is just starting to look ahead and say, all right, what are opportunities that could present themselves? If you're someone who's working in, let's say, like a regular nine to five, and you think, oh, you know, I don't have any of the built-in advantages that they just talked about. I haven't started my own company, blah, blah, blah. If you're working in a nine to five, Jay, something you could really easily do Let's say you're working in HR of a company. You know, you could start going to the marketing people and start learning a little bit or going to the tech guys. You know, it never, no one's going to look down upon you for starting to add a little bit of skills or starting to see what happens. So I would urge you to start like looking behind the scenes a bit if you are at a nine to five. What other things can you do? Can you take on more responsibilities that in a year or two might set you up to do something different? Um, And just being aware of it. I mean, yeah, the other thing is, and I know this is something that that people have done where they, you know, are proactive and almost have an entrepreneurial approach to their job because they they like their job and, and they want to create things, but they want to do it within the framework of having the stability in the job. And you you know, I mean, it's definitely been done many many times where people essentially create their own dream jobs within an organization, and if a piece of that means being able to work remotely. Um, you can start to think in terms of that within the organization. I can take an entrepreneurial approach within the organization and setting yourself up or maybe creating your own position 
that allows you to work remotely. And that might sound far-fetched. And I wish I had like an example off the top of my head to share. But this is something that people have done and they have done successfully. And I know that um, it's going to depend on your organization. And, and like, you know, I, I would just say it's not... I wouldn't rule it out. You know, basically... Take, taking that sort of approach of having your own business within the company. By the way, the podcast I referenced before, it's a great one. It's called um, How I Built This. And uh, that particular episode was the guy that... Fa- I didn't know the guy that um, created Atari also created Chuck E. Cheese's. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, that is and, cool. I mean- and it's that guy. And he just talks about like how they didn't know what they were doing and how most companies don't know what they're doing. And that that's like the big secret. And that it was just cool to hear. I think one of the ideas behind that too, is if you are always, if you always know what you're doing and you always think you're getting it right, that means you're not pushing the envelope ahead. And that means that probably in a year or two, you're going to be gone. Because if you, if you know what you're doing it the whole time, that means you're doing what you did you know, five months ago, 10 months ago, 20 months ago, and the way stuff's moving now, and we don't have to get in this, oh, yeah, now that technology is taking a hold, you know, stuff's moving more rapid, uh, and, and things are changing, but it is. So if you're not making mistakes, and that's cliche, but if you're not making mistakes, that means you're not pushing the envelope. If you're not pushing the envelope, especially nowadays, you're going to get left behind by people who are willing to take those risks and say, I'm just going to do it. So yeah, yeah. I just, I just um, wanted, the, I, I had the, another idea I want to throw out there. Um, and, and this is going to, this is not going to be applicable to everybody, but I have a buddy, Steve, who was pretty ingratiated into, um, Boulder, Colorado as a photographer, high end wedding photographer. So of course, very location dependent. He ended up <laughs> taking off and traveling around the world for like two or three years. And now he's living up in Wyoming, but he's living in his van. And uh, Steve, if you're listening and you're in your van, shout out. What's up, buddy? He's my old neighbor in, in Boulder. And I know what he was doing for a little while, at least, was stacking uh, photography jobs during the busy season. Now, I don't know if this could apply to um, like the landscaping example, for example, but you know, you go off traveling, you do your thing, you know, maybe you're doing a side hustle, you're working on, on your location dependent thing or whatever it is, maybe you just saved up a bunch of money and you traveled and you rented out your place, whatever the case is. And, and then you, you, you get your clients and stack them all together and, and say, okay, like, yeah, June through August is going to be insane. And I'm going to go and spec all this stuff out and, and do all these um, jobs. And I'm going to meet in person. I'm just going to commit to being in this place for like three or four months to do my work. And then the other eight months out of the year, um, I'm free to roam. And that's, that's another pr- uh, approach. And it's easier than ever to do because of Airbnb. And like you can float in and out of towns like with, with services like Airbnb and short-term rentals and different things like that. So uh, just another sort of food for thought. On, on top of that, a friend of ours, Bo Cordell, who wants to sail around the world. When I first met him, I thought he meant sail around the world. Like, I want to get on a boat and then just go off nonstop and sail around the world. And maybe that is what he's meant. I have to ask him, actually. But but what it what it's looked like over the last three years now, Jay, is the exact same thing that you mentioned. He runs scoreboards for huge events. So, like, he'll go to the Olympics, right? And he'll be one of the scoreboard operators, the one who does all the graphics and gets it up and, you know, applause now and, you know, the clapping hands, although the stuff he does is much... uh better than like that old school stuff but that he's so he'll get these big jobs of going to the olympics and he'll be there for a month or two months and things like that and then he'll do like sec football games and so he has busy times 
And then when he's not, he goes to the sailboat and they start making their way around and then he'll dock it at some place and then he'll fly back when he has jobs. So there's a lot of ways to do it. And and I just wanted people to get in their head because we talk about a lot about a side hustle and this and that, but you don't always need a side hustle. If you like your job and you like what you're doing, just start looking for opportunities. Like Paige and I talked about how eventually maybe the clients that she has with landscape design, maybe she can start doing it over Skype and maybe that's actually more convenient for them because they don't have to be at the house either. Or, or you know, there's all types of things. And so maybe a three-year plan looks like, hey, I get some customers right now that are looking to do it virtually with me. I give them a good deal. They're happy. We try it out. If that works, we start building that. We phase out the people who want me to come to their to their house. You know, there's a lot that you can do, but I want people to realize that no matter what situation you are in, whether you're in a situation like Paige or Neil um, or Chantel, who already have a business, or whether you are someone who's working nine to five or anything like that, just start opening your mind because that's the m- most important thing is when you start thinking like an entrepreneur, there's going to be a lot of opportunities that present themselves and and. I can't really tell you how to start doing that other than being aware. And that's what the four hour work week did to me. And maybe this podcast helps you do that. Maybe you just sit there and you think, okay, I, you know, n- maybe tomorrow you meet a guy at a barbecue and he starts talking about something and you say, oh, that's kind of a neat idea that I could, how can I implement that into the business that I already have or something like that? So just, uh, open the mind up a little bit and, and be kind of accessible to opportunities. And I think that will have as big an impact as anything else that you can do. Yeah. And what you said, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. And certainly there is. And I think one of the other points I'd like to bring up before we close this out, because we got about 45 seconds left till we're getting buzzed over here, is not being attached to a particular way that it has to be a particular way and 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 that's part of the opening up process i think you know the the detachment to okay um or even the idea of okay i have to save up money or i have to do a side hustle like like you've talked about because that path might wind and change as you go and i think being totally detached to like the a specific idea and really truly being completely open to utilizing all the resources at your disposal, whether it's your own personal skills, your network, um, the things you have the ability to learn through your self-education, all the tools and resources that you have. Uh, we just got buzzed by Chris. So I know we're finishing up here and, and just, you know, pulling those together. And like you said, just being super open and aware is critical, I think, to to like kind of kind of being like a radio antenna for ideas and, and letting them come into you. Yeah. Priming that pump, being available to ideas. I want to go inside LI for half a minute here, Chris. I know you buzzed us, but here we go. Because I want to give a shout out, and this goes right into what we were talking about, to uh, Sarah B., one of our awesome members, been with us for a while, helps us run the New York City meetup. Just really, really phenomenal stuff that Sarah's doing. But she just posted that she's going full nomad starting June 1st, and then asked a question about you know, how do you get mail forwarding services? So two parts that I love about this. One, she's asking a question that is a logical thing because a lot of times those obstacles hold you back too. Like I don't actually know what I'm going to do with taxes and and all these questions that we get asked. And what was really cool is she's saying like, what do I do for a mailbox? How do I keep residency? And then you got a bunch of people telling her exactly what to do, which is cool because that's what I love about LI. You don't have to go to Google. You ask a question and then someone who's done it or is doing it can give you, hey, use this company, do this, boom, boom, boom. So that's number one. So congrats, Sarah. Um, and, and thank you everyone for actually 
you know, helping out with that. But the cool part that I love about this with Sarah too is she's going full nomad starting June 1st. But as we said, this was a long process. You know, she has been working towards being location independent for a while and has done it in stages of, hey, I'm living here in New York. My work's fairly location independent, but I'm not ready to go full nomad yet. You know, so it has been a, a process for her. And I love that now the, the quote unquote, it's not the last step because there'll be a ton of other things that she'll do in her business. But now this big step of going full nomad's happening June 1st. So just cool to see that she's playing to those seeds. She was open the opportunities. She primed the pump a while ago. And now it's, you know, it's rolling and it's coming along. So congrats on that, Sarah. It was awesome to see Sarah when she was in Norway. Sarah, if you're listening to this, come back again. Stay a little longer next time. We'd love to see you again. Uh, everybody that's listening to this, you, my friend, uh, wherever you are, if you're in your commute and, and you're still in it, I'm really sorry that you're still in that traffic, but fret not because um, we're here keeping you company. We'll be here every week and we really appreciate you all taking the time to listen to this show. And if you do want to check out our community location, Indie, you can sign up. We've got a totally free newsletter where we dish a bunch of uh, good stuff from around the web. And we have a bunch of things that come out over different periods of time. We got a big project coming out uh, very soon that we're going to start talking about the Paradise Pack, which is um, going to be this year at the end of May, beginning of June. Uh, So we'll talk about that in future episodes. But anyway, if you don't want to miss anything, you want more good stuff, just go over to locationindy.com and sign up. And of course, you'll be the first one to know when we open up the community again and something that you think is a fit for you. We would love to welcome you in with open arms. And the ballboys.com is now available on their site for $9,888 US dollars. An absolute steal for that domain name. Wow. Well, get it while it's hot. <laughs> get it while it's hot. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll chat soon. Cheers. Peace.